0: Welcome to the Taylor and Jen Podcast.
1: Mornings with Taylor and Jen. I'm pretty sure that if you have a boy, that you have Legos. They just kind of... Like fall around them whenever they are they wherever
2: just go they around live. The house. <laughs> so <laughs> they probably realized that it, it was a little odd, but they were starting to accept this as just a normal part of their life. Okay, what is going on? We we were at our Bible study group, okay, and someone had an unfortunate situation trying to bake some brownies for the group, and oh. so we were all trying to make her feel better, like, oh man, I, I can never get baking right because like our our oven's really old and it kind of overcooks things. And you can't really trust it. Well, my oven does this My oven does that. And then our friend pops up and she says, Well, our oven, the temperature knob is so worn down that the only number I can see on it is 450. (laughs) So I have to guess. What temperature I'm heating my food to oh my every goodness. time? <laughs> and of all the like, 450s, right about at the end of the dial yeah, there. Anyway, it's not like you're at the midpoint and you can like guess from there. So
1: they don't have any other numbers except for 450. All so the, they basically they like just kind of crank the knob yeah, and hope they've gotten it to where the, they need to. All
2: the other numbers are worn away. <laughs> they're they're just eyeballing this thing.
1: That is hilarious.
2: Here's the thing: I've had baked goods from them, and they do a good job.
1: That's really you know, but. Could you just get another knob for a, an oven like that?
2: I have never searched for oven replacement <laughs> knobs. It's not not really a thing I've done.
1: Let's be honest. Quirky is just an endearing word for weird. <laughs>
2: yeah, it and kind we, of all, is. we
1: all, we adapt mm-hmm. to those weird little things in our lives that are, maybe they're broken, mm-hmm. but we've learned to live with it because, you know, maybe, you know, money's just not in the cards right now to be able to replace something. And you just learn to deal with it, and it becomes normal to you. I had a car, and it was, like, my very first car, and
3: it was, like, this green Dodge Aspen two-door. I don't even know what year it was. It was old. And after I got it, like, we had a really hard rain, and I was like, Mom, there's, like, water in the trunk of my car. And so um, my dad's like, that's okay. I can fix that. And so um, he drilled a hole in my trunk, (laughs) and thinking it will just drain out. Well, (laughs) he drilled the hole into the gas tank. Oh, no. And my mom was like, oh, Gary, you got to fix this. And he's like, no problem. He puts a cork in it. (laughs) (laughs) It was the worst thing ever, that car. Like, he always had me put a bottle of something into the fuel to help it start. (laughs) So this big cloud of
1: smoke would come out of this big green car every time he started it. I was just like, I want a new car. I don't want to. You learn to live with it. And let's face it, Mostly because you had to, because the money just wasn't there to replace whatever it was that had become broken, but you were just getting by making it normal. I had a laptop a couple of years ago, and it had gotten to the
3: point where all of the punctuation and most of the numbers and the tab keys got stuck and wouldn't work anymore. <laughs> and I had gotten to the point where I could just copy and paste from other places. <laughs> <laughs> When I got a new laptop, I actually had to learn to retype because i would gotten so <laughs> adept at like copying a period from somewhere else just to end a sentence. Oh, my
1: goodness. Wow. At that point, it would have been easier to just handwrite it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even it's kind of hard to handwrite, though. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes in your house, in your car, there are strange and quirky things, but because you live there, they just get normal to you.
2: And you don't really realize how weird they are until an outsider comes in.
1: So, I have this at work in progress, and
3: the soffit outside are, is like open. So, we have birds in our walls, and at first, it was like hard to get used to. Because all we heard was, like, clicking and
2: tweeting
3: of the birds. And then now it's like, I'm really used to it, even though it's right in my closet.
2: Just hearing, it's just normal to hear birds flapping around and clicking in your walls.
3: Yeah. So one time I had my friend over, and she was like, what is that noise? What is in your walls? And I was like, oh, it's just birds. It's normal.
2: Don't worry about it. It's just the birds.
1: What did she do? She kind of stayed away from my car just the whole entire time. You need to understand in this story that my son is just shy of 18. Yeah. But what happened in my kitchen the other night should not be good and natural at this point of my life. Uh Uh-huh. Because I took a step and I ended up pulling my leg up in agony. Ow, 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 ow. (laughs) Oh what did I just step on at oh dark thirty in the morning as I'm getting up to get ready for my radio job? It was a Lego. Oh, the
2: Lego pain.
1: It was a Lego on my bare foot. (laughs) And I really stepped hard because, you know, like when you're walking in the morning and you just, it's like you got dropped from the Empire State Building. Those footfalls
2: are heavier. Seriously. First thing in the morning. I
1: stepped on this Lego so hard and I'm like, ow, 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 ow. And I reach up and I pick up this Lego and I'm like, why is there a Lego? (laughs) I mean, why is there a Lego? Is there a Lego? Because I can't. I don't think he's like building Legos downstairs in the basement. I haven't seen any you Lego creations lately.
2: Random Lego in the kitchen. But I'm
1: pretty sure that if you have a boy that you have Legos. They just kind of like fall around them whenever they are, they wherever they live. They just go they around the house. <laughs> So I have an open wound on the bottom of an my open foot. open It's an open wound. That's how deep this Lego went in. <laughs> and it is from a Lego. You can blame it on a lot of things. Or it could just be because you get these silly injuries. Mine, I stepped on a Lego. It broke the skin. If you've had a boy or a girl that likes to play with Legos, you've probably done it too. It's silly, but it's legit. It hurts.
2: You got a silly injury, Kelly?
1: I raked my yard over the weekend and I have like eight or nine tall things of ornamental
3: grass. So I like clean that all up. I mean, our yard looked pretty good. My husband mows, but I pretty much do flower stuff. The next day, I can, like, barely move.
2: It's bad. I'm
3: only on my second 50. Like, I'm starting my second 50, so I have no business having, like, an injured body. (laughs) I work with kids and adults, and yesterday I dropped, like, a game piece on the floor, and I thought I was going to
1: have to pay the child to pick it up. (laughs) Hi, Abby. What's your silly injury? My husband is tall, and I am short, and we have a king-size bed.
3: And so he made me a step stool to get up into my into the bed, <laughs> and so of course when I get up in the middle, to go to the bathroom or whatever. Um, I miss the step stool, oh. and I fall, hit my upper arm on my end table. And oh you know, no! That, you know, and this was kind of in the spring or summertime, and we had short sleeve shirts on, and. It looked like somebody stalked me in the arm Oh hard. no
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry you missed the steps so. the... That's the problems of being short yeah. yeah,
2: That's a hazard you can either have nice things in a clean house or you can have pets. <laughs> yeah. that's My mom was fond of saying that and now that I'm a grown man with a home of his own, I see that's the case. Oh, it so is. I mean, and pet hair is just it gets the everywhere. tip of the iceberg. So my wife and I finally bought a TV for ourselves. All throughout our marriage, TVs had been donated to us and so finally it was like, <laughs> donated. okay, we've almost been married 11 years. Let's actually buy a nice TV. So and Have a nice new TV. Yeah, and of course, it's like, you know, be very careful with it. We're going to treat it well. This was an investment. Uh Uh-huh. And wouldn't you know... Nobody told the cat. <laughs> the minute we hang that thing on the wall, the cat is up on the entertainment center and he's just slapping the TV, <laughs> like standing up on his hind legs, just popping it overnight. And it's like, that's not how you're supposed to treat this TV. It was very clear that you like leave the screen alone and, and all that kind of stuff.
1: It's just one of your cats. The other cat doesn't do it. It's oh, just no. the one. It's just yeah, the one. Just
2: Hawkeye. Tra- Trapper couldn't care less about it. <laughs> so we're like, okay... We've always heard that cats don't like tin foil. So let's put tin foil on this entertainment center so he jumps up there. He's like, "Man, I don't like this." And then he leaves the TV alone. Yeah, right. Yeah, he loves tin foil. <laughs> This cat, he's hopping up there and he's like, oh, this is kind of crinkly. Oh, I like this. He just starts patting it with his paws and then he gets bored of that and goes back to patting the TV. So right now, Uh. what we have to do to keep him off of the entertainment center and not slapping our TV is first a blanket on top of the entertainment center because we don't want the tin foil that's on top of that to scratch the entertainment center. And then we have to put double-sided furniture tape. What? What? Because then he steps on it and that's something that he doesn't like is it comes up with his paws. So then
1: You have a cat streaming through your house with double-sided tape on his paws. Jen, you
2: can either have nice things in a clean house or you can have pets.
1: Do you think they've got us wrapped around their little paws? Oh, 100%.
2: <laughs> they have figured out how to get us to do whatever they want us to do and to exist in our world however they want to exist.
1: Exactly. Our animals, our pets are going places in our house that we don't want them to go, but we don't know how to stop
2: them. So we just want to know what does what that struggle of keeping your pet off of stuff look like in your life? I love Truman so
0: much. <laughs> He's such a good boy, uh-huh. but he won't stay off of my computer whenever I working on my computer, he's right in my face and he's yep. walking across and I have to keep putting my arms up to put you know, direct him away from it. Uh-huh. Well you also have to understand he has a condition called Pica where he eats things that have absolutely no nutritional value. Oh yes. And he discovered that he could pick the keys off of my laptop. Oh no. So there were probably eight or more <laughs> keys off of my laptop just lying randomly on it, so I'm screaming and putting those back in place, and I managed to put that together, and I have found all but the A and the D and the H, so
1: I've been had by my cat.
0: He's such a good boy. I love him to bit.
1: Taylor and Lindsay have a problem. We do. But it's one that they share with most if not all pet owners when our pets decide that they want to go somewhere that we don't want them to go
2: our cat will not get off the entertainment center he will not stop slapping the tv so we want to know what's that thing that you are trying to get your pet not to get into
3: it's not that she wouldn't stay off or something uh we had an inside pig her name was betsy and i worked the night shift so i would always plug a fan in and put a nightlight in that way when I'd come home in the middle of the morning and it was still dark I could see to get into my room and what was going on well every morning my fan and my nightlight would get unplugged and I was like well maybe my daughter is just doing it and I was in the middle of napping one day and I heard my pig nosing both of them unplugged (laughs) because she'd get too
1: cold and so she would get the fan and she wanted it dark and cold and so she would nose my fan off and i'm like, man they say that pigs are super smart yeah i think you just proved it she may have been a pampered pig so
2: maybe that's that's possible
1: <laughs> we have heard from one of our very favorite people in the entire world ted Ted from Winterset.
2: As we've been talking about how hard it is to keep our pets from getting on to stuff, Ted has some thoughts. Oh,
0: I'm just getting tired of listening to you guys with your pets. Oh, you are? yeah. Oh, <laughs> Running the show at your house. Yeah. <laughs> Ted, did you let your kids do anything they wanted to?
1: My kids?
0: Did you discipline them sometimes? Oh, time?
1: yes. I yeah. was much harder on my children than I was on my pets.
2: Why do you let your pets do that?
1: Because they're cuter than my kids. True. <laughs> no.
2: They're not going to have can... to move out and get a real job.
1: When Ben was little, <laughs> my son Benjamin, who's just about ready to graduate from high school, he loved to get gifts. But what Ben didn't like was a getting gifts of clothing. I mean, what child does?
2: Yeah, Until you get like, I I would say mid-20s, you know, it's not really that exciting to get clothes. Yeah, so he would rip open a package and he would see that it was
1: clothing and before it was even fully unwrapped, he would kind of toss it over to the side. Oh boy. And, and, And I was not impressed with this behavior and you know, he was like four. So we had to have a little conversation about being thankful and gratitude and at the very least, acting as if you were. (laughs) So he developed this little thing. Whenever he would open a package that was clothing of any type, he would almost finish unwrapping it, and he would look at the person, and he would say... (sighs) And thank you for this. And then he would (laughs) toss it to the side and start unwrapping the other one. But he that was the rule. He had to Mm -hmm. stop. Look the person in the eye and say, and thank you for (laughs) this. Well, you know, I've been thinking about the days of our lives since about 2020, Mm -hmm. two years ago. You know, how many of us have desperately prayed for normal? Can we please have it go back to normal? God, can things go back to normal? I think what we're asking for is for things to go back to being comfortable. Yeah. Every day that we live, every day is a gift from God. And I think some of us, including me, have wanted to say to God about some of these days, <laughs> um, and thank you for this, <laughs> because they're not packages we want to unwrap yeah. these days. But I think there's a lot of things that God teaches us. In these uncomfortable days. Think about all we've learned since 2020. And so I think sometimes when we get a day that is one of those, thank you for this days, instead of asking to be comfortable, maybe we need to ask the Lord to teach us more.
2: It's hard when God doesn't answer your prayers the way that you feel like he should. <laughs> yeah. And Jen, you were talking about having that attitude of every day that God gives us is a gift. And sometimes we unwrap that gift and it's like God gave us underwear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, thank you. That's honestly what my wife and I have been going through. We have been praying and praying and praying that we'd able, be able to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had several fertility treatments that didn't work out. And and it, it's been difficult But Lindsay found a devotional the other day that has really, really helped us. And it was basically talking about looking at the things in your life that wouldn't have happened without this period of waiting.
1: Mm, Wow. Yeah.
2: And we obviously have hurt in this waiting time, but also there have been some really, really sweet moments and some really, really sweet friendships that we've found that wouldn't be there if God had given us what we wanted when we wanted. Yeah. So we still obviously are going to continue to pray to get pregnant, but we have also found ways to be grateful in the waiting. Have you ever had to turn to your passenger and say, yeah, it does that sometimes?
1: <laughs> you know that car. You know what? When you drove it, it was building your character while
2: it was frustrating you. And so we just want to hear about that car. You know, that one.
3: I have been fortunate to be able to drive some really great lemons in my lifetime. <laughs> lemons. Oh, good. When I was in high school, I drove a 91 Chevy Cavalier. Mm-hmm. Well, the starter went out. And my wise grandfather decided that instead of fixing the starter, we'll just be thrifty and Rewire it to be a push start button. Oh! So I would have to get into the car and turn the ignition while pushing a big red button that looks like you push it, the entire car would blow up and probably take the surrounding towns <laughs> with it. But there was a short in the wire. So if you by chance happened to park at a slight incline, You would have to then start rocking the car in order to get it to start. So there would be many times that I would be sitting in the driver's seat of my car, holding the steering wheel, while trying to rock it with all 104 pounds of my (laughs) body weight in order to get said car to start.
1: So Kim had that car. You know, you know the car I'm talking about. That one that you still love to tell stories about.
3: I had a 1990 Chevy Geo Metro. And when I bought the car, when I would be driving down the road, and usually it was gravel because we lived on a gravel road, we would hit the washboard, and the keys would fall out of the ignition. And it used to freak my friends out. (laughs) My window, it was one of those cranks, and the back of the window would start coming forward, so I'd have to hold the window back to roll the window down. And then the key would no longer open the door without me hitting the door with my fist to turn the key. Nice. So one day, yes, I was with one of my friends and he decided to lock my door while I, we were in it and reach across me. So I had to hold my window back, roll the window down, put my key on the outside
1: of the car, hit the door because it wouldn't unlock from the inside. So it was a hot mess. You can smile and laugh now, but while you had that car, there probably wasn't a lot of smiling and laughing. My very first
0: car was a 1979 Chevette. It was tan. It had these woven tan and orange seats. Oh, yeah. It was one of those cars that you turn the steering wheel, the horn cover would pop off in your lap sometimes. You go to shift the car forward or back and if you lift it up the gear shift would come straight up in your hand there was one morning it wouldn't go into reverse no, no. and so we had to put it in neutral and my sister had to push it out of the driveway so we could get to school and I couldn't even give it away to any of my friends who wanted cars and then I mention that I got a lot of ridicule because I was the Ford dealer's daughter oh
1: The Taylor & Jen Podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry
0: of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor & Jen weekday mornings online at Life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.